What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 128 of the Potscast. I'm your honorable host, Mr. Pete and Bessie, joined today by the man I thought I could trust, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Hello, Steve. First of all, I have to say, how dare you? How dare you come back to this show two weeks in a row after you promised me, you promised the listeners... You said you were going to get Mass Effect, you know, and you know it's been a busy. Couple so you of say that, that you say that, Steve, right? <laughs> but then I look at our show, our show notes, and we know we have a little segment every every week, every week on this show. Last week we skipped it, very busy week, and this week it's uh, it's uh, what we're playing, right? We talk about what games we've been playing, and on this week's show, yeah. Steve highlights he says skip this as we're tight on time today question mark first of all we have three other segments (laughs) second of all uh i see not one not two but three three games on this list one of those doesn't count because you know you were like can you play hitman this week i've had a really long day at work i need you know i just can't i'm not feeling streaming so that would be fine fine The other two, one of them I played like five minutes of because I wanted to see what it was like. And then five minutes of it. Five minutes because you wanted to see what it was like. You know what, Steve, is interesting to me is if you had bought the fucking game, you could have played like five minutes of Mass Effect and we could have talked about it. But no. You know how easy it would have been to check this box for me? Do you know how easy it would have been? (laughs) But no, you refuse. You just don't care, and and you're like, you know, uh, oh, I have, I really have, I have to finish Tomb Raider because if I don't finish Tomb Raider, I'll never I finish, do have Tomb to finish Tomb Raider. And it's, you know, it's a trilogy, so you've got to finish all three. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me, <laughs> Steve? It. Okay, well, you know what? Then I, I guess I guess I have one thing to say to that, which is thank you so much for the Stardew Valley board game. I really appreciate that gift from you to me. <laughs> no way. I mean, that's what we said. That's what we agreed. No, I don't think I, we did agree that. You know, I don't, I don't know, though. I've, I've heard it both ways. Uh, I need my board game. I need you to play Mass Effect like you promised me you were going to. I will at some point. You know, I'm just not in a Mass Effect-y kind of mood at the moment. That's the problem. How do you even know? You don't even know what the game's like. Well, I do know what the game's like. Oh, yeah? Why? Because you saw your dad play five minutes of Mass Effect 3? I, I saw my dad playing it, and I was just like, oh, I don't know. I may, and I'm sure it'll be different if I play it, but I was like, oh. You mean if you see the third? You know what? You're The third one's meant to be the best, right? Or the you're a rat one? bastard. The second one's the best one. Okay. Well, you know, I also listened to Triple Quick, and all of them were saying, either play the first one on stupidly easy mode, because it's really frustrating, or skip it and just go straight to Just play the first one on easy. I I don't know. I don't... I think that I understand someone saying that, but I think it's bad advice. Um, I think if you've played the original trilogy multiple times, and you feel like you want to skip Mass Effect 1, that's your prerogative. But Mm -hmm. I think... If you've never played it before or if, like this is only like, you know, if you're like me and you played the originals, you know, once or, or twice, maybe years ago um, and then have not come back. Like they made a lot of changes to Mass Effect 1 that make it a lot better. It's still the clunkiest of the three. Well, I know that they said there were still bits like the driving bits were horrible. The fact that Nobody the sniper the rifle was still a bit wonky in number one, but it's like totally fixed. Yeah, they, they totally fixed that. And that a lot. 
And there's, and I think it was Maddie said, there's a lot of corridors. You just go down, you fight all the enemies, you get to the end, you press a button and you walk all the way back. And like, none of that sounds fun. So if I can skip a lot of that and just play it on easy mode, blast through the enemies, press the button that's, to come back, then that'll be the way. That's totally to fine. Um, Cause I think the things that are important about Mass Effect 3 are the story. Like you want to have those story beats. You want to make the big decisions. Cause like, there are like moments in Mass Effect 3 that you won't fully appreciate if you don't play one. Um, and like having the story grow with you in that way is like the coolest thing about Mass Effect. So you definitely want to play one. Um, but I think play it on easy mode and just, you know, like just blast your way through it. That's totally fine. Um, and like you can skip a lot of the like side quests. Like I think they're a lot of them are worth doing because they have like good story beats um, and are fun. Mm-hmm. But then there are like a bunch of side quests that are just like, go here, kill some guys, get some stuff. And like you take those resources with you into the next game. So it's not like useless to do, um, but it's definitely like optional, you know. So like if you just played the main game, excuse me, did all of the like key side quests, like the companion missions and, you know, like any of the like stuff that like catches your attention, um, that's like fine. And you could get through the entirety of that game in probably under 20 hours if you play it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Kirk said he got through it in like 11 hours yeah. or something like that. That sounds about right. I think I spent like what was it, between 15 and 20. I just beat it uh, this past week and I, I moved on to Mass Effect 2 now. Um, and I'm, I'm just barely, at, I'm like at the very beginning of Mass Effect 2. Where they're like, all right, go find your crew. And it's like, all right, I'm going to go find my crew. So um, early days there for sure. Um, but yeah, I think I think it took me between like 15 and 20 for the first one. But I also did almost every side quest. Um, I didn't do like some of the... There's like a few that are like like very like fetch questy. Where it's like, go here and like scan a thing. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but if it was anything that had a story beat, I went and did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I wonder if there's a list online of like quests you must definitely do is. in Mass Effect and Hell, skip all the Steve, I'll ones. I'll make the fucking list for you if you want. But do it. That'd be a great article. Yeah, you know, a great yeah, video. But, but the thing is, you're not going to use it, so it's just like, what am I doing? Well, you know, I might one day. We'll you're, see. You're a bad person. You're a bad dude. <laughs> hey, how many times have I asked you to play Hitman, and you've just not? And that, you're just like, oh, I know these are my kind of games. I'm just not in the mood for that's a hitman what you're gonna throw in my face now. That's what you're going to throw in my face. I've been asking. You've been asking me to play that game for like a few months. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to get it. And now you're like, oh, I promised you to your face on the air <laughs> twice I was going to pick up a game this week. And you're going to compare those things. Because I was never like, yeah, I'm going to buy it tomorrow. I was like, I'm going to keep my ass open for a deal. And I'm going to buy it when I have a gap. And I'm going to play it. And I'm mm. going to enjoy I mean, it. That's what, that's what I'm doing. But you're not yeah. going to do it, Steve. That's the deal. thing. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> the moment will pass. Some <laughs> other game's going to come. And you're gonna be like, well, I don't really have time to commit to three games right now. So I'm never going to play them. I will play them. I will play them. That's what you tell me. That's what you tell me. It means nothing now, Steve. You know, may- maybe you need to you need to put it as, you know, one of the prediction bets. You know, maybe that's what. Oh, we're what? Now I have to force you to do it with a bet? What? So then you can yeah, still. So then, you then you'll me. still not buy it. No, because I can't. I can't renege on a bet, can I? I mean, I don't know. 
You've reneged on on personal promises to a dear friend. So who's to say what you're capable of? <laughs> anyway, um, I guess I guess we'll talk more about it next week because we got some news to get into. But I gotta say, Steve, I'm disappointed. If you had if you had asked yeah. me to make predictions about which of my friends would betray me, I don't think it would have been. I don't think it would have been you. You know. Really? This is not on brand for me when I've like told you a million times I'm gonna play certain games and then don't play them. I was like totally. I know, mean. but I thought I thought that this was The way the way I see it, Pete, is like I wanna spend my my minor amount of time I have to play games in a week on a game that I wanna play. I'm like actively I'm excited about playing. And at the moment I'm not actively excited about playing Mass I mean, Effect. You know what? It's fine. It's fine. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. So you know we're gonna talk about. I was excited about. I, I you know I was excited about playing Tomb Raider. Oh though. great! I'm so I'm so happy that you're excited. Rise of the Tomb Raider is like a massive improvement from number one. Like you've not played these series because you skipped I, uh, off on the definitive. I, edition, I played the right? original Tomb Raider um, on 360 for a few hours, and it just didn't it didn't quite click with me. Um, and I just never yeah, never went fair. back to it. The, the second one's a massive step up. You've got depth of character. There's flashbacks. You learn more about her, why she, what her motivations are. feels a little bit too much like Uncharted in the fact that she's got this book and she's following her dad's story, which I guess is also uh, Indiana Jones. So it's kind they're of... They're all the same. They're all copying they're each all, other. They're um, all just ripping each other <laughs> off. <laughs> but she's not weak and pathetic anymore. And my god, the graphics, the gameplay, everything is a massive step up. So I'm I'm having a good time with it. I'm not massively far into it. I'm still in like the tutorial bit where it's telling me the the controls again, even though most of them are the same as the first one. Although there's one that's really annoying. You know, she has that like mode that's similar to Hitman where she can like see things around yeah. her if you press yeah. the button. They moved that button. It was left bump and they moved it to the left stick, but they replaced that button with heal and you use oh, like your resources no. up so i'm constantly pressing that fucking button and using my resources i'm like no can you switch it <laughs> it's the most infuriating thing oh no. my god that's infuriating that's, that's <laughs> so i was i was not happy <laughs> um you know speaking of not happy steve i gotta tell you i when I looked at the what you played this week, I didn't realize that it was Rise of the Tomb Raider. So you're telling me you finished Tomb Raider and moved on to the second one. Yeah, you're I finished Tomb Raider like two weeks ago. So- we were going to talk about it last week, but, you know, we skipped it. Or the week before last, you were like, you know, I know you've got stuff to say about Tomb Raider, but, you know, we haven't got time. And I was like, okay, fine. I was going to tell you that I finished the game. But, you know, I've I progressed on to Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is a significantly <laughs> better game. You're such a rapist. <laughs> And if if I would just say to anyone listening, if you fell off of Tomb Raider, the original one, skip it. Go find out what happened at the end of that game, and it follows in straight away to Rise of the Tomb Raider. You don't really need to play; you just need to know what happens, and then you can progress. Yeah, that doesn't on. feel like a game that's like the story matters a ton, right? Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it's a real weak weak story on the first one, and the second one seems to be a little bit better. But yeah, very much like a an yeah, like the whole plot of the first um, game is like. Laura's a spoiled rich girl and she survives on an island. Okay, got it. 
Yeah, it sort of reminds me of um, Jurassic Park 2, you know, when they pay to go to yeah. the island where the, the dinosaurs were and they're these rich, annoying people and they brought along um, Dr. Malcolm with them. And he's just going to look after them. What the a great plot time. for a movie. Basically, that. Though, you plot. know, like it's it's basically like, it's like the fire festival, you know, like you remember that? Oh, yeah. And like how everyone on social media. I do remember that. That was like the most most mental documentary on uh, I've still never watched a documentary, but I was like eagerly following it on Twitter just because it was like, man, it's really funny to see a bunch of these like rich trust fund jags like just <laughs> stranded yeah. on this shitty island. It's quite sad, though, that. Like, when you watch it, it's funny that they got, you know, all their money wasted, maybe. But it's the people that put on the event on this island who thought that this money was going to come in and help their econ- well, local economy. And don't make it real, out. Steve. I wanted to laugh at the rich kids. Not Now I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> and like, none of these people got paid. They did all the work, and none of them got That's a penny. surprising. No. Look, sucks, look, we talk about the evils of capitalism over on uh, the pots or on, on, on After Dark. And uh, you know what I'm realizing now, Steve, uh, 14 minutes into the episode yeah, is that I've never done the plugs. So welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Podcast, <laughs> Loompots.com's weekly gaming podcast where Steve and I get together and talk about what games we're playing, the news, and a bunch of other stuff. If you want to support the show, you can head wherever you get your podcasts. It posts every Monday. Give us a like. Share it with a friend subscribe to the youtube channel go check out our streams every thursday night on twitch.tv slash pots where last week we streamed some hitman 3 um what else do we do steve that's it after dark that's for a dollar you go to patreon boom i did it there we go discord in the description go follow us on discord great community right into the show that's the other thing you can do yeah. there you go we did it 15 minutes in latest plugs in the show talk you know what people have said they like the cold opens talk about a cold open they do. That was a real cold open. And before we move on to the news, I do just want to highlight Watch Dogs Legion, which this week got, I think, the the best update they possibly could have done. They added a 60 frames per second mode on next-gen consoles, well, current-gen consoles now, so Series X and PS5. Love- uh, it removes... It removes ray tracing for reflections. Ray tracing for shadows still seems to be there, at least to my eyes. Um, I'd imagine Digital Foundry will do a breakdown. But uh, this game should have had this mode at launch. It feels so much better than the 30 frames per second mode. I've come to realize that ray tracing is great and it looks wonderful when it works, but if it sacrifices 30 frames when I, you know, I just don't, I just don't want that. I want a 60 frame per second smooth gameplay. And this game is, is like transformed by, by playing in 60 frames. Really? It's that much better. Oh, yeah. Like, in places, you were getting sub-30, and you could really feel it. It was, like, laggy. It was, like, walking through honey. And even on a variable refresh display, you still feel that slowdown because it's less responsive. And with 60 frames per second, because it's, you know, it's a shooter, essentially, um, it's it's so much nicer to play. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really crazy, like, how used to 30 I was, like, locked 30, that, like, it was always, like, eh, like, I don't mind it as long as it doesn't dip. Um, but yeah, just seeing so many of these games I've played before get 60 FPS patches, it really does make a big difference. And like the moment to moment gameplay makes things feel so much more fluid. Yeah, I know. I'm so jealous you'll be able to play The Last of Us 2 in six frames per second if you ever replay it yeah. now. It's something I, I can't at the moment because I've said I don't have PS5. Um, but 
yeah, it's awesome that all these are getting updates. But going from something like Hitman 3 to over to uh, Watch Dogs, it was so jarring because you've just been playing a super smooth 60 frames per second game. Or even if you come from something like Dirt 5, which plays at 120 hertz, it's like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Uh, so it's nice to have the mode. I'm hoping at some point more developers, as as time progresses, I think it will easily happen. These are like the early cross-gen games that we'll be able to see more games with the 60 frames per second and ray tracing, like Spider-Man Miles Morales did. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah, I, I think we probably will um, see that sooner or later. <clears throat> like if I had to guess, just because, you know, there's only... Know, there's there's only so far that we can go before like devs start being able to get more power out of the systems but then i guess there's also the trade-off there of that like we're going to be trying to do more with them so i think part of it is probably when we see stuff like unreal engine 5 being released next year in this full stable version that that's when a lot of devs will be able to tap into it and also when new projects that start and they are just new gen only and we can forget the ps4 and the xbox one because thinking about going back to that base xbox one that you've got to target which only ever hit 900p at launch it's got to be really tough to get it working on that and also a series x at the same time yeah yeah for sure and we'll we'll talk more about that uh in the news when we get to the playstation side of things Mm -hmm. um so we'll we'll put a pin in that for now but um we'll definitely be talking more about about that dichotomy in in a bit um so yeah so let's let's jump into the news so the first item on the news list this week is something that um, we've literally talked about on the show uh, pretty recently and something that um, I've lamented quite a bit in the past. So uh, super pleasing to see some movement on it. Um, this comes from um, Wario 64 was where I saw it. Like Nintendo made a post on their Japanese uh, corporate website, but obviously we don't read Japanese. So appreciate uh, Wario 64 for the translation. Um, Wario tweeted nintendo announces quote-unquote nintendo gallery tentatively named in japan at its nintendo yuji ogura plant expected to be completed sometime sometime around april 2023 to march 2024 quote nintendo's historical products will be showcased and exhibits and experiences will be available um they they have like a, a little image of like the campus and everything too like this is one of nintendo's main offices um this is it's going to look really cool if, if that's what it looks like, the artist representation. Yeah, I'm imagining that with like a little bit more branding, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's going to have like Nintendo on the side. I hope there's like some Mario or some like... I think they will. Know, characters around. Yeah, I would be surprised yeah. if they didn't, frankly. Um, like a nice big Mario statue outside, something like that. You know what I would love mm. to see them do? Um, I don't. I know you've never been, but um, you know, have you seen pictures of Disney World? Yeah, I've been to Disneyland. If it's okay, similar to that. I don't know if they have this in Disneyland, but like you know, the um, there's that that statue of like Walt Disney, like holding Mickey Mouse's hand Next to holding Mickey's yeah, hand. Yeah, like, yeah, that's at Disney Studios in Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They should do that with Miyamoto and Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yes just totally that would be it. so funny <laughs> oh my gosh um but yeah i i am really excited about this um it's funny because you know we were talking about it on stream last week i think about like uh if you could like travel anywhere like where would you want to go and you know mm-hmm. no like all expenses paid or whatever and we both said japan 
and you know um i've wanted to go to japan for a long time it's definitely a place that that i'd like to to plan a, a like a long trip to and now that this is is happening i'm like this is kind of the excuse i feel like i needed like i this plus nintendo world plus like you, you know you can visit all of the other places you want yeah to like go. i really want to see some rural japan like after i played ghost of tsushima i yeah. was like oh the landscape here is so fucking beautiful i want to see this in real life are you kidding me like i want to go for a hike in like rural japan and like just sit on a mountainside and just look at the nature such a beautiful country um Oh, absolutely. Like, I think it was ITV or maybe the BBC did a documentary series a few years back in the UK, which is probably worth seeking out if you're interested, just called Japan. And they they went to all of the different areas of Japan and, and showed what there was. And there's like one little part of Japan where there's just like monkeys that live and they're like kind of worshipped and seen as like sacred creatures and stuff because it was like their natural habitat. It's just so so strange that you just, you don't really know any of that. When you think of Japan, you kind of think of Tokyo and that big like crossing where ev- everyone yeah, is. Yeah, you're thinking of like <clears throat> Shibuya, uh, you're thinking of like the fashion uh-huh. district, like all the, you know, all these things. I can never say the fashion district's name. It's like Han... <sighs> Hanamura? Is that it? Yeah, it's, it's either that or Honjuku. I forget. There's an. It's. A, I always say it wrong every single time. So I just call it the fashion district. <laughs> you can have to learn if you go. Well, yeah. If I go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn everything. I'm gonna get a guidebook. You yeah. know. But <laughs> I was. I was genuinely looking to go uh, a few years back. Obviously, my circumstances changed, but. Um, it was, well, I was watching, like, Japanese videos, learning about the culture, like, even basic stuff that you don't realize, like the fact that you can't walk and eat in the oh. streets because it's really rude and you're meant to eat what you buy outside of the place and then put it in the yeah. bin. So if you go to, like, 7-Eleven and you get, like, a, a onigiri, you have to eat it there and then put it in the bin because otherwise people would be really offended. And, like, you're not supposed to hand people money. Like, there's, like, little trays, I know, and, like, they hand yeah, you the you tray, put, uh, you put and, the you know, money on the tray, and then the... you hand the tray back. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah, I know. I know little things. I know little things. I'm prepping. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to take it back to the news of it, like, I think this is just such a big deal. Like we talk about video game preservation a lot. And it was something I remember came up you know, pretty recently because of the whole conversation around the uh, PSP and PS3 stores going down and everything. And kind of like, what is the responsibility of these corporations to, you know, to maintain um, the history of the medium because they own it, you know, and I think they have an enormous responsibility because, you know, video games are an art form and it's a young art form. And, you know, we there's so much that we've already lost. There's so much game history that we've already lost and we don't need to lose more. And there's a lot that we can still save. And like a company like Nintendo holds the keys to so much of it. You know, because they've been such a key player for so long, you know, they have living legends that work there. Like, I remember we've talked about this when they showed off Mario Maker for the first time and they had, oh, um, almost just said Awada Miyamoto and uh, and Gunpai Yokoi. I think it was the two of them mm-hmm. uh, holding the original like sheet of graph paper that they like made yeah and they just like had the design document with them it's like no I'm like, white put gloves some or fucking gloves like, yeah. on guys it's like casual do you know i learned that you're not meant to wear white gloves for 
archival material anymore because it damages the paper. You can't, you don't have the level of finesse wow. where you're wearing gloves as you do with just your fingers. So you're meant to hold it at the corner and just do it a little That's bit of time. Not wear That's white gloves. Know. Maybe they knew that, um, but they didn't because they were just... I don't think so. They're, they're way fucking they manhandling it. Like, I'm like, just casual. Miyamoto, stop. <laughs> Please <laughs> put it under some glass. Um, so yeah, the fact that Nintendo holds so many things like that in their hands, like it, it's so exciting to think about what are the things that they could put on display that like we don't even know about that we don't even know that are just like sitting in someone's desk somewhere, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I remember when I went to the VNA and it was the Splatoon thing they had on. It was like this whole event about how video games were made, and you know they had. Um, Kentucky Route Zero and a bunch of other ones, but Nintendo had an event there about Splatoon, and it was like stuff that we'd never even knew about. The fact that it was it was originally rabbits, mm-hmm. and they had like just the the original prototype where it's just square blocks, and like the square block would just compress, and then all of a sudden it would it would like you'd see like this plain bar just go up, and then it would come up, and it's just stuff like that, just like a gray box prototype that obviously happens for everything, uh, but it's so good. To, and so cool to see how that was the original concept and it progressed. Yeah. And it was like, no, rabbits aren't working for this. We need to find something else. We love the idea and the concept for the game, but this character isn't right. And obviously it progressed to the inklings that we know today. So it's really fun. And I'd love to see that for some of the other franchises. You know, imagine what there is for like Zelda or Metroid, or I wonder if some Pokemon stuff will be here. I imagine that it would be. It's really Because cool. like I'm thinking about how like they're like, if if you know the history of Pokemon at all, like the um the pitch that was sent to Miyamoto and like he championed it and everything, like I bet you he has like the original pitch documents like sitting around somewhere, you know, like like all like these old, you know, like because you see that all the time. Uh, Doctor Lava um on Twitter and like they've also got a YouTube channel. They do a bunch of like lost Pokemon stuff and like. There's so much. There's so many Pokemon that have never made it to a game, or that were demoed out, or that are, or that were redesigned, and all this kind of like crazy stuff. Well, I mean, I wonder if there was some that they had in the past, and they were like, "This doesn't fit in this generation." That they then poured through mm-hmm. to one yep, of the other generations. Happened. It would be so cool to see that kind of lineage from oh, this this wasn't quite right. Now it kind of fits into the collection. Yeah. It's, it's really so cool. cool. Um, and you know. Uh, we've talked about it with like you know we're we're both big fans of like Blood Sweat and Pixels and and Press Reset and it's like the the and there's so many great books about about games um, that the story behind the game is sometimes as interesting as the game itself and mm-hmm. I am just so excited to see a, a Nintendo uh, a Nintendo a company with as much clout and history as Nintendo um, recognize that they have a responsibility to you know, take care of it and like make it available to people because, you know, um, so many people love what they do, you know, and like we, we want to know these things. We want to see them. I want, I want to be able to go to Japan again, uh, you know, when I'm 80 years old with my grandkids and, and go to the Nintendo museum, you know, and see what else they've added. Like that's, uh, that's exciting. That's really exciting to me. So I'm, I'm really glad to, to see this move from Nintendo. And I, I hope that other uh, developers and pu- publishers and, you know, um, IP holders follow suit because mm-hmm. this kind of thing is super enriching. All right. So let's jump over to the PlayStation side of the fence because there is just a ton of news, a ton, ton of PlayStation news this week. Um, 
So there was a uh, a blog post over on the PlayStation blog um, where they talked to uh, Herman Holst, who is, of course, the president of, uh, of Sony um, Worldwide Studios. And, you know, the whole thing was kind of talking with him about what's next for PlayStation Studios and, you know, w- what's going on with, like, the current games that we have, um, you know, like, on the docket that we've been waiting for. Uh, and you know, it's not a super long interview, but there's a lot of news that came out of it pretty quickly. Um, oh yeah, this, this is information dense, I would say. It's so strange how open Herman is. Like, he obviously did that interview with Wired. I know this one's more of an official setting, but he just seems to be like, ah. He's pretty transparent. Tell tell you everything that's going on. Which, I mean, I appreciate, I think that, I don't know, I, I feel like that's something that hopefully Sony's learning. Because you look at like the the beginning of the PlayStation Four era, right? Which was obviously a super popular and profitable uh, time for PlayStation, and it was like coming off of the PS Three era, where like Sony had so much personality. You know, they were like, if you were somebody who watched their presentations, like you knew, you know, like Shuhei Yoshida, you knew maybe like Adam Boys, like you, there were like names that you recognized, uh, Geo Corsi, right? Um, and it was very like, oh, like we're PlayStation and we have all these fun personalities and look at all of our weird IP and we, you know, like they, they were very Mm. like, we're the underdog and we're cool. And then like when PS4 blew up, I feel like they got more buttoned up. They got more businessy. You look at the state of plays and it's not, you know, it's not Shuhei. It's not, you know, Adam, it's, uh, it's a disembodied voice talking over footage, right? Like, Well, I mean, that's the same format that Nintendo's directs have taken. You know, you used to have those tree houses, which was, you know, fun, friendly, colorful. And I know Nintendo still has a lot more of that than maybe the state of play does, but it's very much that format of we've got one or two voiceover people who aren't ever credited and... This is what and you think about like how I mean there's there is what's his name though I forget I can never remember his name the new guy who replaced Awada who's like their on screen guy now I can never remember his name mm-hmm. no I can't remember his name either <sighs> but it'll always he has like the, super like, intense eyes like I can like <laughs> like I can see his face as clear as day in my mind but I can't think of his name um, but you think about a couple years ago and it was like you had Awada you had. Um, I almost just said Shuhei again. You, you had Awada, you had Miyamoto, you had Reggie, like Koizumi. Assuming, yeah, by the way, um, and he's good. I like him. Um, but I, I think that while you know we've kind of seen them move away from that in their like presentation of things, I do think that um, you know he's got Herman has a little bit more. I don't. I feel like he has a a better time talking to journalists and and the public like he he seems to do well with the press and maybe that's because he has history you know as a game director um having to do the the press you know tours and all that kind of stuff but i i appreciate that well, he's i think also maybe it, it might come from the fact that he knows what goes into these games and why they need to be delayed because it's not just he's some exec yeah. who's come in he is originally that manager of a studio so he knows how tough this is and he can probably relay that and get that across to the press a little bit more that you know we need to delay x game 
because it's not quite ready yet and we want to make sure that it's ready for yeah, you. Yeah, and I think to that end too, right? Like you have to imagine that, I don't know, I, I love to see executives of his stature come from a, a background in development because like, I I don't know, like I trust, um, <laughs> I trust like his timelines a little bit more <laughs> when he's like, oh yeah, like, you know, yeah. or, like, um, you know, let's let's get into some of the the announcements, right? The first one is that God of War it, uh, has been officially delayed to next year, and like I like how you know he was like, you know, with God of War the project started a little bit later, so we made the decision to push the game out to next year to ensure that Santa Monica uh, Studios can deliver the amazing God of War that we all want to play. And it's like, yeah, all right, cool. Like, take the time that you need. I feel like I personally wasn't surprised by that news. I never thought God of War was coming in twenty twenty one. No, me neither. I mean, we uh, the uh, announcement we saw a logo wasn't like Horizon where we saw a right. trailer. It really felt to me like this was in early stages of development rather than like really far along like Horizon right. was. And he, I mean, we've also got the announcement from this blog that it's Forbidden West is on track for holiday season, but um, it's not set in stone. Um, so he said, for Horizon, we think we're on track to release this holiday season, but that isn't quite certain yet. We're working as hard as we can to confirm that to you as soon as and we can. So we'll see. And I could see that slipping easily. to maybe like a March easily. release next year. And and I think that's fine. You know, everyone's had to deal with the pandemic and uh, there's a lot of factors in working remotely that these, these studios won't weren't set up to do that they've had to adapt for and i know that you know maybe some places can get back into studios i don't know what the situation's like in the netherlands but from hearing from some people in the community it seems like their vaccine programs maybe not as far along as other countries so it could be that you know they're still working mainly remotely um but the hope is that they'll they'll get there for the holiday season i'm not surprised by that either you know, like, and again, that feels like a very, like, honest answer. Like, you look at the state of play. We talked about it last week. I, I think there's a good chance it does come out this year. But I also think there's a great chance that it gets delayed. Because if you know anything about game design, like, oftentimes, I mean, again, right? And what do I know about game design? It's what I've read and what I've been told by developers. But, um Generally, it seems that more often than not, especially with AAA games, the game comes together in the last couple months. That's when the the game really starts to gel and coalesce. So if if they're at the point now where they're like, you know, we're we're we feel pretty confident we're going to hit the end of the year, they might get to August and be like, you know what, mm, we just don't. We need more time. Like we like we're almost there, but we still got to squash bugs and whatever and. Well, yeah, I mean, look at The Last of Us 2. They got delayed well, twice. Please, that got... They had out. this date of play and then like a week later delayed it. You remember that? It got delayed, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and and to me, right, um, granted, this this the Miyamoto quote about a, a game being delayed becomes less and less relevant as time goes on because we can patch games or whatever and games release and they're not great and then they get better and whatever, fine. But in my mind, uh, I I'll give that same quote, but with an uh, addendum, right? Where it's like, you don't remember the delay, you remember the launch, you know? Like, well, I think the way you're gonna see it as Cyberpunk is the best example 
of why you should delay a game. That got delayed t- three times. Still wasn't cooked enough. And it's look legacy at the mess. Is like, the mess. They're trying to patch it. Yeah, they're trying to patch it. They're trying to fix it. It's still not back on the PlayStation Store. You really don't want that from a first-party title. It would be embarrassing, and it would be a terrible demonstration of your brand-new console. So if it takes them to delay it six, even 12 months, then you better believe Take they're going to do it because they want to make sure that this this game is is pristine. And this perfect. is also, like, I think this series coming out party, right? Like, obviously, the first Horizon was popular enough, but, like, it, it was competing with Breath of the Wild, and it kind of had all the oxygen stolen away from it, and it was out the same year that the Switch was debuted, and everybody was playing Mario by the end of the year. So it's just, like, Horizon mm. has its fans. I love Horizon. Um, but I feel like it didn't really get a chance to shine in the way that, you know, um, exclusives often do. So I'm very excited for a sequel to come out now that the, you know, I think the franchise has more buzz now, right? Like if, if you didn't play it, you know, somebody like me who didn't was like that game fucking rules and you're probably interested in the second one and maybe you got a shiny new PlayStation, you want a new game to play, you know, um, good opportunity for it. So uh, I'm very much of the opinion of take all the time that, that you need for it. Um, and th- that's true with both of these games. But I saw a lot of a lot of negativity around these. Um, and, and I guess I'll, I'll add one more piece of information to it and then we can kind of talk about it. Um, because the other news that that was definitely confirmed was that uh, both God of War, um, we'll call it Ragnarok. That's not its official title yet, but that's what everybody's that's kind of the code name. Um, got unless you're in investor relations and you've popped the fan the logo fan on your uh, deck, yeah. as we, we spoke about a couple of weeks uh, ago. But God of War Ragnarok and Gran Turismo 7 are both going to be uh cross gen, so um, yeah. And there, there was a quote here from Herman, uh, said where it makes sense to develop a title for both uh PS4 and PS5 for Horizon Bidden West, Forbidden West, the next God of War GT7. We'll continue looking at that. And PS4 owners, and if PS4 owners want to play that game, then they can. If they want to go and play the PS5 version, that game will be there for them. And I saw a lot of negativity around this um, just because, you know, obviously. Well, a lot of it goes back to Jim Ryan's We Believe in Generations right. thing. And it really seems like this is just a total U turn on that. We're going back to more and more games coming out being cross-gen. More and more games from PlayStation coming to Yeah, PC. yeah. And I... I don't know. I gotta say, I... I'm kind of frustrated by that. Um, that narrative. Like, I... I and here's the thing, right? I, I get it. Like, if that's how you feel, um, you're entitled to feel that way as a consumer. Like, I'm not telling anybody how to feel, right? But for me... Um, I just don't feel like that, that, that argument holds a ton of water because I mean, first of all, I always felt like that was marketing speak. We believe in generations. Yeah. That's because Xbox just came out and made a big thing about how they didn't. And this is very much your strategy. And I think that people get so focused on the short term that they don't think about the long term. Like right now, today, yes. The first couple games, the first couple big games that have come out on on PlayStation 5, many of them are playable on PS4. That is not surprising at all. You know why? Because most of those games were began development on PS4. 
right? Like Horizon for um, um, I think the big difference is though people were comparing this back to the PS3 era. The difference is both the Xbox 360 and the PS3 ran on vastly different architectures to the yeah. PS4, which are both x86 processors. And then you've also got the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. They're essentially the, the same architecture. We've just got more bells and whistles. We've got SSDs. We've got better RAM. We've got faster GPUs, CPUs. So you can essentially move that game without much work. It's not to say there's no work, but there's not much work. It's like upgrading your PC. It's like putting a new graphics card, a new SSD, a new CPU in your PC. It still runs Windows. You can still play the same games. And, you know, because there is that kind of more blurred line between generations this time around, like that there is more crossover between the PS4 and the Xbox One and and current-gen tech than there has been in the past. This isn't surprising. There's only, like, 5 million PS5s in the wild, and there are, like, 100 million PS4s. Um, Frankly, it wouldn't make good business sense to not put those games out on PS4 and make them available. And the the like vitriol that I've seen and like and not even necessarily just vitriol, but people who are like, you know, I think, again, they're complaining. And if that's how they feel, that's that's fine. Um, But I just don't understand it. Like this narrative that like, oh, like the PlayStation 5 should have just been delayed if all these games are going to come out on PS4. Why? Like that makes no sense. Like I I bought a PS5 at launch and I have gotten a ton of use out of it. Like all of the games that I bought that I've played on PS5, I wouldn't have wanted to play them on PS4 with three-minute load times. Like, if that's what you, as a PS4 owner, want to do, that's your prerogative, and I great for you. But, like, I don't feel like I wasted my money getting a PS5 at launch, and I'm really excited to play Ratchet, which is an actual exclusive in, like, six days. So, you know, like, I don't see how those games coming to PS4 hurts me at all. It, it might not, but I mean, my concern would be, and I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah, here, is, is that you're again targeting the lowest common denominator, which is a PS4, which came out in 2013, versus, you know, a brand new console that can support ray tracing, has the super fast SSD. What do they, what, is there any kind of loss? in making these cross-chain games. Gran Turismo 7, for example, was specifically announced as a PS5 exclusive, whereas God of War and Horizon weren't. It was kind of assumed God of War would be because they didn't do the same thing they did with Horizon, which was, oh, it's also coming out on PS4. But Gran Turismo 7, their presentation made a big thing about how this is going to have full ray trace lighting, it's only possible on PS5, and they're now kind of stepping that back a little bit. And I don't think that matters, having baked shadows and baked um, lighting. You look at how nice Forza Horizon looks on Xbox, and that looked fantastic even on an original Xbox. I had an Xbox One S, and it looked amazing on that, let alone my Xbox Series X. Uh, So I can understand some concern there. But having said that, I can see maybe these decisions were made from a business perspective in that perhaps they didn't, sell as many PS5s as they wanted due to the semiconductor shortage. And if they could have produced more PS5s, and by 2022, when um, Gran Turismo 7's seemingly due out, maybe they were hoping that they would have 20 million, 25 million, 30 million PS5s in the wild. And that seems to like it's not going to happen because they just can't make enough 
make enough um, chips. Right. And that's the same for everyone. Um, so I, I think that probably is is a factor. But I can see why some people may be disappointed in that it, it, it might seem like they're not going to get everything they want. But from my perspective, having just seen how great Horizon Forbidden West looks, and we got a little bit more information from a Game yeah. Informer video that we'll talk about in a minute, how great that looks and how many features of the PS5 they're tapping into with like lighting changes, the like things like how the many water characters are on screen on PS5. Yeah, exactly. Things like that really taps into the PS5. And if you just get a slightly worse version, maybe one that's on par with what Horizon Zero Dawn looked like on PS4, I think that's fine. And I think someone who played Horizon Zero Dawn that just wants more of that is going to be happy with what they get. And if they can then see, wow, this looks incredible. It's like a real step up on PS5. Maybe that encourages them to buy a new yeah, console. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm coming down on it. Because I think everything that you're saying makes sense. But I also think that it, it comes from... And, and I'm not... I want to be clear. I'm not saying this to you. I mean, like, I think that that argument comes from like a place that makes a lot of assumptions about like why game design decisions are made that are not necessarily based in reality. Um, like, I, I don't think that it's a thing where, like, you know, Herman Holst and the powers that be at PlayStation came to Gorilla and were like, you have to make Horizon work on PS4. I don't think that's what happened. I don't think that they came and were like, you have to make God of War work on PS4. I think that there are games that probably started development with PS4 in mind, as new technology became available and everything, obviously they knew they would be targeting the next PlayStation as well, but it's a game that's kind of made on the cusp. It's going to be a game that's mostly made and relying on old technology, and it's going to take advantage of some of the new bells and whistles. That's normal. That's like what most development goes through, right? And and I think that the only thing in, the only thing in my mind you need to look at to prove that that's the case, that this isn't something that they're being forced into, is that Ratchet & Clank is PS5 exclusive. And Insomniac has said the reason that Ratchet & Clank doesn't run on PS4 is because it can't. Because of all the background loading that you yeah, need to do. The, the, yeah, I mean, that uh, warp mechanic yeah. where you go for the rifts, there's no way that could be done on PS4 with that slow no. drive, which is the main reason why it needs to be done on the next-gen console or, sorry, current So, console. in my mind, if, um, like, you're looking at a Horizon or a God of War that have a more traditional structure... Like, what's the trade-off there, right? Like, you'll have a worse-looking version. It'll run at a lower FPS. It'll maybe have less features or less characters on screen. And it'll well, have load times. Them, let's, let's pull up then... Um, again, Nibel broke down some of the stuff from uh, Game Informer's video, which we'll put a link to in the show notes if you're interested in watching the yeah. full video. But um, some of the PS4 stuff was brought out. So... Um, he highlighted that a lot of the games been developed on PS4 and are still being playtested on the PS4. The PS5 has a different water rendering technique than the PS4. And hero lighting, which we saw in the uh, the presentation that they did, is only available in cutscenes on PS4, whereas it's available in real time on PS5. So there's lighting changes, rendering changes. On top of that, we've got you know um, stuff with the dual sense. 3D audio, which is also only available on PS5. So they are really tapping into the feature set that the PS5 offers. And then on top of that, I'd imagine the resolution target is going to be vastly different from a base mm -hmm. PS4 to a, a it PS5. Said it, it says it also has a 60 FPS performance mode on, on PS5. Obviously, it won't hit that on PlayStation 4. So 
Oh, wow. I would absolutely be playing that game in 60 FPS. I don't care what it drops. Like, if that goes down to 1440p, that's the mode I'd be playing that game. I don't know. I don't know that... Well, we'll see. I don't I don't want to make any... Uh, I don't want to make any comments that are untoward, but... Uh, not untoward. That's That sounds like I'm going to say something bad. I just mean, like, I don't think it'll hit 60 <laughs> FPS on PS4, even in performance mode. No, 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 no. I'm not saying on PS4. I, like... I won't. If I was picking between like native 4K 30 frames per second versus 1440p 60 FPS, oh, yeah. I would oh. pick 60 FPS and a lower resolution. I mean, that, I feel like that's the official stance of the podcast. You should always play on performance mode, not resolution mode. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Frame rates are more important, period. Um, if you don't believe me, when you get a PS5, get Miles Morales or Spider Man and play in performance mode and then play in. Uh, the shiny ray tracy mode like back to back and it's like oh no i'm swinging through molasses what happened <laughs> yeah it ruins you it really, it really ruins it, yeah you. <laughs> it really does um but anyway uh so I, i'm i'm not concerned about this like i i i don't know i guess i get it i guess i get people feeling frustrated or feeling like I've seen people being like, oh, Sony lied, bait and switch. They said that these games were coming out and now they're not. And they said they were going to be this and they're not. And it's like, I don't know. Like, if you really feel that burned, like, that's your prerogative, I guess. But I, I don't know. I said, that to, I said this when I bought the consoles and I'll say it again now. Buying a console is an investment, right? I've already played several games on the PlayStation 5 where my experience is was leagues better because it was on PS5, right? And could I have played those games on PS4? Sure. I would have had a worse time. I would have wasted more time at load screens and stuff like that. For me, that was enough of a reason to buy it. I'm getting my first proper exclusive uh, in six days. I'm sure that's going to keep me busy for a while. I don't know. Like, I, I'm happy with my purchase. I'm I'm excited for these games to come later. And the fact that other people will get to play them on PS4 is good for them and hurts me not at all. And I think that this is probably the last year where this will even be a talking point. Because I imagine from 2022 on, you know, maybe there's one or two more games that are cross-gen. But there's only so much longer you can go before they can't be anymore. I think maybe from first party, but I think we probably will see an extension of third-party games coming out on cross-gen for, for years. I don't know. Especially, especially the staples like FIFA. They're always going to be cross-gen for a very long Those time. Do. But newly developed franchises, maybe I think, not. I think when you're talking about, yeah, like your FIFAs and Maddens and stuff like that, that might happen. That's pretty normal, right? Like, I remember they were putting out, like, Madden and FIFA on the PS2 for, like, 10 years, <laughs> like, afterwards. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that might happen. But I think, like, when, it come, when you're talking about, like, big games, you know, your big... Tr- like the Far Cry 7 yeah. or, um, you know the like we know everything from bethesda is probably gonna be right like you're going straight your far cry sevens your starfields those kinds of games i think will probably mostly although starfield i guess could probably still be cross-gen but that's because that's been in development for a long time i really hope i I really hope that that new engine has some massive improvement so i went back and i played fallout 4 and i was like Oh god, turn the blooming down. It's awful. Every time you put like the Pip Boy on, it's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some room for improvement over there. Um, there was a couple other little tidbits. Um we got confirmation 
on Jason's story from a while back uh, where Herman confirmed that Ben Studio is working on a new IP based on the open world systems of Days Gone. Um, so you're going to see that, you know, that tech kind of. So it's 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 not what I thought it was. It's not Siphon Filter. It's something brand new, which is kind of yeah. exciting. Yeah. It's good for them too. like, I, I feel bad for Bend. I feel like Bend is a really talented studio and I feel like they've just been kind of like, I just feel like they've, they've never quite had their moment, you know, like they, they did siphon filter back in the day that people vibed with. And like, then they kind of got like, they had like three or four games that got canceled. They did the uncharted spinoff, which is like, you know, by all accounts, a good game, but it's also like the only uncharted that like Sony doesn't acknowledge anymore. (laughs) And Oh yeah, that's not canon. I mean, it is like in uncharted four, there's a reference to it in the very beginning. And that scene in the attic, there's like stuff from that game up there, but like that's it. Oh, fair you know, enough, like it's yeah. like it's very minor. Um, and you know, obviously, it wasn't in the Uncharted collection. Like you know, whatever. Um, and then like Days Gone came out. Obviously, it didn't. It wasn't super well received by critics, but like fans really liked it. It definitely seemed to justify the existence of a sequel to try and like you know capitalize on what they had done. But you know, we talked all about why that didn't come together for a multitude of reasons so i just and then like they almost ended up you know getting like absorbed by naughty dog <laughs> and it's just like man i just i want to yeah. see them have a win i really want to see them come out with a game like this this next ip hopefully that like does for them what horizon did for gorilla you know where gorilla went from being like oh yeah they're one of sony studios to being like oh they're a premiere oh it was they are the kill zone studio we get them to make a new kill zone every time there's a new console and it's like that's all yeah. they were and then they got the opportunity to kind of get out of that rut and explore something fresh and something new and and hopefully bend gets the same opportunity because i really i really want to see that like i want to see bend and and a lot of the other like smaller studios like pixel um opus and and some of those other teams like get to come up to the a-league you know because it's like i feel like right now it's like you've got Naughty Dog is like S tier. You've got Santa Monica, and and I'm not saying I that like I feel this way. I feel like this is how Sony feels. Um, you've got like Santa Monica and Gorilla and Insomniac, you know, kind of locking down that A tier, and then you've got kind of everybody else in the B tier, and then you've got a couple studios that are kind of hovering in the C tier, and like I want to see more of those teams like kind of make the jump and make something that like connects with a larger audience, you know. Because I feel like they've just got... I think part of the problem seems to be, though, that Sony hasn't been willing to give them the opportunity. Like, Bend had these ideas and they wanted to press on with, with the sequel to Days Gone. And it's just like, no, you're going to work on this uh, thing. I mean, well, the, the problem was that they didn't have a pitch that. that came together, though, right? Because it was like they lost their creative director. Like, it was like they wanted to work on it, but it wasn't really like... I don't know. It, it sounds like it never mm. really came together is the problem that like they didn't have a strong pitch for days gone too. So it's like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Move forward? You know, like, I don't know. Um, I think it's probably a mix of those two things that like Sony is a little bit more risk averse right now. And also that like, you got to have a strong pitch. You've got to be coming out the gate swinging with like, here's our next idea, you know? So I don't know. Hopefully this new IP is, is their opportunity to, uh, to kind of, Show people what they what they can do, because um, I think 
it's clear that Days Gone had a lot of really strong ideas. So I, I hope that uh, I hope this one does a little bit better for them. Um, they also announced that Sony has plans to further invest in the PC gaming space. So I bet that means probably more of these ports. More yeah, games. more 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 PlayStation games coming to PC. Um, which I think makes a lot of sense. Again, um, I know that there are probably a lot of people who kind of have their knickers in a twist about that, but um, I mean, it's a good it's a good strategy, right? Like data shows there's not a ton of crossover between PC and console gamers where you know there's some of us who are platform agnostic but generally speaking we tend to sit in one camp and sit in that camp right so like how much are those people going to go out and buy these games on PlayStation how much are they going to go buy a console they probably won't but they would pick them up if they're on Steam so it's a good opportunity to uh you know get some of these games out to other people and like Put out old games, you know, like they're putting out Uncharted 4. Okay, that's fine. I played that like 10 years ago. <laughs> like, great. Yeah, I know, but it would be great to play that at like native 4K, 60 frames per second. They got a patch. So Give me that cool shit on PS5. That. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I want. Uh, and then the, the last thing uh, was that Team Asobi is being expanded and they're working on a franchise, quote, for all ages with global appeal. So that's great. Um, obviously the closure of Sony Japan, um, studios was kind of a bummer. Like they've done a lot of like weird, like quirky stuff. You know, they were like, everybody's golf. Yeah, they were like the weird studio and like they made games that appealed uh-huh. to the Japanese market and like, we're like, no, nah, that's what we want to do. We want to do weird stuff. Um, but team Asobi, you know, obviously with Astrobot, um, I think really got a lot of people's attention. And I know I was really impressed by what they were able to do. Um, I would love if the franchise that they're building is Astrobot. I would love to get like a full length Astrobot game from them. Um, I don't think it is because they pitched it as the team behind Astrobot, and we're now developing a new that's a thing with uh, Global Appeal. That's okay. Because honestly, I'm happy to see whatever, like whatever big 3D platformer they want to make. Like, yeah, more power to them. Mm-hmm. I'm excited by the fact that yeah, Sony that is awesome. making like a studio to make 3D platformers that are all ages games. Like, that's exciting. Big gap in their portfolio. Yeah, me, me too. Did you read this article though? Because there were a couple of tidbits in this that really excited me. I don't know if you just saw the I, kind of. Breakdown, I read it when but... it came out, so like I don't like remember everything. So yeah, what's up? What was the? So it was in Japanese language. The word asobu means to play, which is where their name comes from. So they settled on asobi, um, and these simple five letters were a surprisingly fitting name with a good sound. So that's why they called asobi. I always wondered what it what it meant, and to be a Japanese name, it's really cool. Essentially, the same as Lego means to play as well. Uh, and then the fact that they've got members from several other countries. Yeah. Um, England, Germany, France, Scotland, Korea, Spain, and Colombia. So it's not just like Japanese. And I guess that's where they, they said that it's important for them to kind of have that diverse background so they know uh, what works in, in all cultures. It's cool that like – oh, excuse me. I missed these. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, it, it is cool to see like how many of Sony's teams are like really international like that. Cause obviously, um, Gorilla is, is based in the Netherlands, but they've got a bunch of, a bunch of Americans and, and Brits on the team too, I think. Yeah. And, um, 
yeah, I think that's probably just a good idea, you know, especially if you want to make like games that appeal to a, a global market. Like, you know, there's definitely such a thing as too many cooks in the kitchen. But I think as long as you have like one person who ha- or a few people who have like a strong creative vision that are open to, you know, listening to everybody else on their team. It's like that's a, a very it's a strong foundation to build a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, lots of good news here, lots of exciting news. I am very excited for the future of PlayStation right now, and I feel like they are they've got a lot of cool stuff, a lot of exciting um, irons in the fire right now, and you know, just like talking about like these games on the horizon. Um, no pun intended. Uh, I am really excited for all of them. Um, and I imagine that they will be uh, some pretty strong game of the year contenders when they roll around. So um, good luck, Sony. Keep that ball rolling. All right. So let's jump into our main topic this week. Uh, of course, E3 season is almost upon us a week from now, from today, uh, when we're recording this on the 6th, we will be jumping into our first events of the E3 season with Ubisoft Forward and Devolver Digital. On the 13th, we've got Xbox and Bethesda's Game Showcase. We've got the Square Enix Presents Showcase. We've got the PC Gaming Show and the Future Gaming Show. We've got Back for Blood getting a show from WB Games. We've got Take-Two and Capcom the next day on the 14th. And then, of course, on Tuesday, we have the main event. The Nintendo Direct that I assume will be the direct to end all directs uh, because good God, it's been a while. Uh, we got, we it's, we don't know what's happening later this year. We don't know what's happening the next couple years. It's, it's all over the place. So obviously we have the makings of a very exciting E3, I think on our hands, especially after it going away last year, you got to imagine people are ready to come out swinging. So, Uh, What we wanted to do in our main topic this week was to lay down some E3 predictions, y'all. So if you are familiar with our predictions in the past, what we like to do is we like to make a list of our predictions. We place our bets. We have one risky pick that is our double points. That It's a crazy thing that we don't Mm -hmm. think will happen, but if it does happen, you get double the points. So that's a fun one. Uh, So... For E3 here, you wrote that we should do five predictions each. They have to be different from our ones that we've already done. Um, We can't have the same predictions as one another. And we'll go one after another and flip a coin to decide who goes first. We'll recap predictions in two weeks after E3 is all done and decide who wins. If there's a tie, the community will pick a winner on Discord and the winner gets to decide... Question mark, question mark, question mark. So we got a couple things to figure out here right now. I think, first of all, are you locked in on five predictions each? Because if we only have five predictions, we're, we're not getting that many, which is fine if we want to do that. But like there's so many shows, we can't even do one per show, which I'm good with. But I'm just saying, do you maybe want to expand that list? Well, you know, I think it's fine because mine were more like generic, like things related to E3 or things happening. But I guess we can we can up them if you want. Um I wasn't really Not prepared. Like I think some of them are kind of obvious. Well, like, that's the question, though, right? Like, do we want to do we want to include obvious stuff as well? Because if we do, then I say we go no. for ten and let's play the points game. 
Because that's what we do with our original predictions, right? It's a mix of things that are actually predictions and some that are like obvious things that you said to get points. No, I don't want I don't want obvious because I think that's too easy. I really do think okay. that's too easy. All right, fine. Because I, I could look at the Square Enix thing where it says we're going to hear from Eidos Montreal and go, oh, there's going to be a new Tomb Raider there. And it's like... I don't think that that's an obvious prediction, okay. though. Because they, like, I think the Tomb Raider franchise has kind of been put on ice right now. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe we'll what do you see th- right. Let's go for 10. <laughs> 10. All right. Well, I've not got enough them. So we're gonna have to, I'm going to have to think of this right. as we well, go through. That's uh, perfect. So you, you can go first. Okay. Then, that I sounds think. good. So real quick, um, before we do our... I get, and this will give you a second. Uh, I'll recap our other predictions so you can know the ones that we're not out, allowed to put on the board in case you're a new listener. If you haven't uh, listened to the show in a while and you missed our, our last uh, predictions recap, which we did. So my predictions for 2021 so far is Switch Pro is coming in 2021. Grezzo will release another Zelda remake in 2021 in honor of Zelda's 35th anniversary. 2021 will see the fewest AAA third-party ports of any year on the Switch. Pokemon's 25th anniversary will be commemorated by the re-release of a classic game. Nintendo will continue to fail to properly address Joy-Con Drift. We will get a full reveal of Breath of the Wild 2. Nintendo will remain quiet in Q1 of 2021 while they get their plans in place. Pokemon will release the next proper Pokemon, or will tease the next proper Pokemon game but not release it. Nintendo will release another limited release. And my risky pick was that Nintendo will release an N64 classic for the 25th anniversary of the console. And then for Steve... We had, there will be another 2D Zelda game released in 2021. Metroid Prime 4 will not be released uh, in 2021. Nintendo will announce a new IP. Two new Switch consoles will be revealed in 2021. Splatoon 3 will be announced. Breath of the Wild 2 will be released in the second half of 2021. GTA 5 will get ported to the Switch. We still won't hear more about Bayonetta 3 and a new Switch online game like Tetris 99 will be released and then the risky pick was that Xbox Game Pass will be announced for Nintendo Switch. So um, we did a check-in, I think, last week, right, Steve? Yeah, it was last week. And, yeah, we checked in, and mine is not looking too great. So if you want to know, then go listen to yeah. last week's. But, yeah, I've got I've got a lot of orange, which is basically going to Yeah, so we, we won't go through, like, where we're at with our points and everything with that. If you want to hear that conversation, check it out la- for, from last week. But I did just want to roll through those real quickly in case you're like, why aren't you talking about this or that or whatever, right? Because we already do have some relevant um, – some some stuff that could come out at E3 on this board. So if you don't see them in our E3 predictions, that's why. All right. So last thing I guess we need to decide before we jump in here, Steve, is what is the winner going to get? Where where are we landing on this? Hmm. Are we? You want to just do the same rules? Lo- loser has to play a game that the other picks, or. Yes, a game. It can't be. You can't make me play three games. That's no, I can't. Though. <laughs> if it comes on, if it comes right, well, on I'm one disc, fu- I'm picking all fucking easy ones. Then, if it comes on one disc, I. What do you want from me? <laughs> disc. What's a disc? You're a physical. You're a physical guy. I thought you know. <laughs> no, I told you I'm getting Forgot, mainly digital because yeah. of because uh, of quick resume. Okay. All right, so is that what we're going to decide, though? Winner gets to pick a game? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, go on, then. Okay. 
How about this? How about this? We'll put it this way so that we'll we'll put a, ve- a pin on it so it's very clear what the thing is. Uh, if I lose, I will play uh, the Hitman trilogy. How about? Yes, that works for me. And I will play fucking Mass Effect. Good. Agreed. We got it. We got this. All right. Okay, so I'm going first then. All right. Okay. All right, all right. My first one is going to be that at the Square Enix Presents that we will get our first trailer for Final Fantasy 16. Wow, okay. Yeah. You know, we, we had the game announced a while ago. We haven't seen anything about it. Seems like a good time to talk about it. Okay, fair enough, yep. All right. First on the board. Mine are way too, uh, way too risky. All of them are like risky. <laughs> oh, I'm going to end up playing that game. Yes! Um, we, will, we will see the next Bioshock. Wow, okay. Now... I feel like it's been a long time. We know it's in development. I think it's ready to either tease it or show it. I think it's probably going to be a teaser that's going to be like Bioshock and then a name or number four or whatever. Okay. So do you want to say we'll see a tease for the next Bioshock then? I think I think it's just the next Bioshock because if they show more than that, I think that's fine. But I do think it's just going to be an announcement of the next Bioshock. So announcement. I'm nailing you down. It, it, yeah. It's got to be. All right. We, we will see. Uh, the next Bioshock will okay. be announced at the Take Two event. Okay. We will see the announcement of the next Bioshock. I, ha- I feel like I have to get pedantic because like we, we got very pedantic yeah, in our I, original I ones and it, it ended up like making a difference. This worked out for you. Yeah, I know it has. Yeah. Because some of them, like you know, I feel like, uh, well, it worked, for you, worked out for me on one of them. You were like, Grezzo's going to do this and the other. And I was like, oh, and they're definitely not. Right. There. So that's exactly why it's important because it, it ends up, there's more strategy to it. So, uh-huh. you know, if I say one that's too vague, you push me on it and I'll nail something down. That's fine. Okay. Huh. Okay. Um, I have like one that feels like a big risk. I'm gonna save it because I don't think you're gonna say it. Okay, I got mine. Mine, but it's, it's one of my easy ones. Uh, we will see the next Smash Fighter at Nintendo's Direct. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I will tell you, say that my one, which is related to that, the next Smash Brothers fire will be shadow dropped. Oh, okay. Which is a shout out to Brandy because he he said that on Twitter and I I agree with him. I think we're going to see it. Okay. I think that's a good one. I think that there's a good likelihood that that'll happen. Um, We'll see though. Because they've also done the thing where they announce it. Compared to yours. I'm sorry, what was that? It's a bit too specific compared to yours. I feel like yours is an easy one. That's a very easy pick. I mean, yeah. That's why I did it. Um, because I mean, I feel like it's I feel like it's a slam dunk. We haven't heard about a new fighter in a while. There's two more. You got to tell us about one sometime. That's the thing. You got to have a good mix of the crazy ones and the believable ones, so you get some points. <laughs> All right, because I've got I've got two that are bold for Xbox, and I I 
I think that they that there's some truth to both of them, but I'm struggling with. Well, the, the risk the risk is going to. It's not a risky pick. The last it's round. a bold pick because I'm going to have to say that a thing will happen. I can't. You know, I don't want to like vague book all of these. All right. Okay. Um. All right. This will be my first one. Or my next one. We will get our first proper look at Starfield with a 2022 release window. Okay. I think you're crazy, but okay. You gotta you gotta shoot you gotta shoot for some of them, you know? Uh-huh. But I, I mean I think I think it makes I've... sense, right? Like you think about it, game's been in development a long time. Uh we haven't seen anything of it except for the you know the logo thing that they did at the presentation a couple years ago. Um now that they're under the Microsoft banner. You got to imagine that like Microsoft's trying to figure out what their next couple years look like schedule wise. You know, I, I, I feel like it's not crazy to think that the game comes out next year, especially with all the rumblings we've heard about it. So the idea of them showing it for the first time now, um, and, and I don't, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily think it'll be like, full gameplay reveal but i think like our first actual look at something that is like let's talk about the world of starfield right like maybe it's a cinematic trailer maybe it's like you know uh todd howard coming out and being like oh like let's let's talk about starfield in the world of starfield you're a a ship captain and you're going to be exploring all these planets and just giving us more of an idea of like what the actual moment to moment gameplay looks like whether or not we actually see any of it um, I think it's going to be the first time that we properly discuss it, you know? All right. So that's three on the board. Okay, my next one. While we're on... All right, while we're on Microsoft, I think Phil Spencer is going to be at the Nintendo Treehouse. Okay. Phil Spencer makes a appearance at Nintendo Treehouse. That's a bold one. What makes you think that? He's going to be showing off uh he's going to be showing off a game. They're going to be talking about No, I think he's going to be showing off a streaming you think? platform. At the Treehouse? Yeah. Yeah. He will be there and he will like be chatting with them and it'll be like, "Oh, hi Phil." <laughs> <laughs> You know, Miyamoto shows up at those tree yeah. houses. I don't think it's it's you know impossible that he won't be there with Doug Bowser. Okay. All right. I like that. That is a risky as fuck. All my picks are fucking risky. Yeah, so far you've got some risky ones. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's where we were going with, and then you're like, "No, let's go with Both. easy peasy picks." Both. I I could very easily lose my points on Starfield because I said 2020. Like if they come out and there's just no release, then it's like, oh, no, they're going to say 2022. Like we've had from Jason that is, is targeting 2022 holiday yeah. season. And Jeff Grubb, I think, he said that. So it's like easy peasy. Well, oh, sorry, I did my research, Steve. You could take that one. I love how you're like, I want to do a predictions episode two weeks ago, and you've given it no thought until right now, and then now you're mad. I gave it thought. I had like I had the my uh, most of my predictions down. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And and then you're like, let's do let's do turn. (laughs) 
<laughs> you got to push back. <laughs> uh, it's okay. On the bright side, Steve, I only have so many. So I'm going to run out pretty soon, too, and get into some of the crazy ones. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. That's All right, so here's, like here's my next one. I think we're going to get another look at Halo Infinite with a vague release window. Like, I don't think it'll get a date. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so I'm going to say second look at Halo Infinite. Vague. I'm going with an easy one then. Okay. I'm going with another easy one for Xbox. We will see a release date of uh, Flight Sim. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Release date for Flight. Flight Sim. Okay. So we're at four piece right now. Coming up on my fifth. All right. Okay. This is a bit of a riskier one, but I'm going to go for it. I think we will get more Zelda ports announced, um, but not a, a deep dive look at Breath of the Wild 2. So like we might get another trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. We might have a bit of a conversation about it, but I don't think it's going to be the E3 deep dive on breath of the wild two that we got with breath of the wild one, because I think since it's the anniversary, we have skyward sword coming very soon. I bet you that they're going to be like, maybe it's wind waker. Maybe it's whatever they announce some of those other ports that are going to come because they want to announce those and, and get people excited about them or buy buying them before they blow their load on breath of the wild two. Okay, fair enough. So uh, we'll see Nintendo to reveal more Zelda ports. No deep dive on Breath of the Wild 2. I could see us getting the name for Breath Hmm. of the Wild 2 rather than the untitled sequel to Breath of the Wild. Okay, yeah, I could see that. But that I don't but I don't think it'll be anything yeah. like more. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll make that one. <laughs> um I think we are going to see the reveal of a game and this is a really obscure one. A, the reveal of a game that will then have some controversy around it afterwards. So, whether that is like the Harry Potter okay. game gets a reveal and there's some like controversy around that's like a trans character or there's not a trans character or a game is revealed that's cross-platform on everything but PlayStation again, and there's some controversy around that. Okay. But a game is revealed, and there is some controversy after the show. This is vague. I'll give it to you, but we have to put a window on it. So if there isn't... It's within the week. So like by the time we've come to do the presentation, like come to evaluate them, if there's no controversy at that point, then it doesn't count. So we'll say... But a game will be announced with some controversy. A, after a game the show. will be announced with some imminent controversy. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking like Far Cry 6 where everyone was like, it's not political. Oh, it actually is political. That yeah. kind of shit. No, I think that makes sense. Hell, we could see more of Far Cry 6 and they'll be like, ah, too political. <laughs> like that. Is, yeah, it's that That way. feels like a safe bet. So we're up to six? Uh, yeah, we're at six apiece right now. No, five. Oh, are we? Yeah, okay, this will be yeah. six right now. <sighs> okay. 
now we're getting into the we're we're starting to scrape the bat the bottom of the barrel for me here. <laughs> oh, I've uh, I can go next if you want. Okay, to you got another one. Go ahead. N- Nintendo will reveal a brand new IP. Isn't that one of your regular ones? Yeah, it is. Shit, is it? And it right, already happened, but you can't do it a second time. Mm. Okay, all right then. I will do. Capcom re- will reveal a new Mega Man game. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what is that one? No, doing? it's just like, oh yeah, okay. What if I'm like, oh yeah, uh, Mario will appear in the Nintendo Direct. <laughs> Wait, like there has not been a new Mega Man announced in years. They all they do is like fucking port the last Mega one Man the Ten came out like two years ago. Like, yeah, no way, right? Wasn't that twenty eighteen? Mega Man Ten. No, wait, it's eleven then. Right? Because one came out. Yeah, it's eleven. Came out in twenty eighteen. All right. Well, that's three years. So I think that's that's, that's solid then. I'm that's fine. That. I'm not. I'm not upset with you about that. Um. All right. You know what? I'm going to take this one. Um. We will see more of Splatoon three. Okay. I think it's. I think that's risky, but. I also feel like there's a good chance that game comes out like sooner than later. So, like, how many times do you have to show it again? Like, I know they just announced it earlier this year, but, like, maybe we actually see some gameplay now. I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm trying to decide which one I want to keep as my risky pick. I, think I'm I have my risky one. pick set. So, Nintendo will have someone else at another E3 event. So, okay. So, we'll say... So I'm thinking Miyamoto shows up at Microsoft or Ubisoft or it's, you know, someone else. It doesn't have to be Miyamoto, but a representative will be at another E3 event. Okay, yeah, we'll say at another E3 event. Yeah, a Nintendo representative will appear at another E3 event. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, oh, okay. Um, oh, I need one more. I don't know. How many do we have right now? We're at seven, three, four, five. Seven. Uh, no, I'm at eight. You're at seven. Six. Okay. Yeah. This is my seventh. Okay. Um, hmm. And the tenth one is our yeah, pick, and that right? I've already got. So I, and you can't say Shin Megami Tensei Five is going to be at the Nintendo event because that's an absolute cheat. No, I know I'm not going to say week. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. okay. Uh, I, all right. I've got a I've got a one that's probably crazy, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there because I don't. All right, yeah. Um. No, that doesn't make sense. Shoot. Okay, I've got like a few that I'm like half committed to, and I I gotta just pick a lane. Um. Shit. 
All right. For... I'm I'm really torn. I'm really torn because I've got a few that feel too obvious and I don't want to just try to like take free points. <laughs> but then I've got a bunch that feel like insane and I don't think will actually happen. Like I'm, like I'm thinking like one of them that I'm thinking about, right, is like could we see the announcement of a GTA 6? And that seems crazy. That seems like that will not happen. Yeah, you're wild cuz like ever. No. Because Take Two don't, Rockstar doesn't come with Take Two. They come right, as Rockstar. Exactly. So it's like, what else would Take Two have for us that isn't a Bioshock then? Because it has to be well, shitload of two K games. Like I've got another one that I was thinking for two K. I was gonna, yeah. Hmm. I'm not telling you because that's gonna be my You're next not bet. Telling you. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. And it's an easy it's an one. Easy one, huh? Wow. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Um cuz I've got what two and then my risky. This one might be a throwaway, but I'm going to I'm going to do it. I think I think we will get confirmation of the existence of the Metroid Prime trilogy. <laughs> Okay, okay. All right. The next XCOM will be shown at take two. Okay. I think that's riskier than... Yeah, I think... Yeah, probably. I think and looking at my list, pretty much all of them, apart from maybe Flight Sim and the Capcom one. Because here, here's my thing about but the we'll XCOM see. thing. They already said that the Marvel XCOM, that leaked. So that's a leak. So like... I'm not thinking it's the Marvel think, Okay. I think we need to make a caveat here then. If it comes out and it's called Marvel XCOM, you don't get the point then. Because that has already been confirmed. Okay. All right, but not Marvel okay. XCOM then. Or maybe I want to change this to something else then. No, fuck it. I'll change it to something okay. else. Uh, I, I think I think we're probably going to see another civilization at the 2K. But no, no, t- no, change my mind. Back to the, back to the other one. Because Fire Axis ain't going to be working on XCOM and so okay. at the same time. So the next XCOM will be revealed at Take 2, but not Marvel XCOM. Yeah. Okay. All right, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got seven. That was your ninth? No, this is my eighth. Eight, okay, that's your eighth. So the next one's your ninth. All right. Yep. So. Uh-uh. Okay. Um, I've got another one for Xbox. I think I think we're gonna get uh, an update on Fable. Oh shit! I forgot that was even happening. I'm surprised she didn't go with the rare game. Yeah, I mean, I think we will, but I, I think that feels like less. Like we've seen like a few trailers less for that, risky. whereas like that yeah. that feels more like I'm just stealing points. Whereas with Fable, we've literally okay. only seen right. the the screen pop up, you know, kind of thing. So, like, we haven't seen shit besides an animatic for that. 
but I think this is a great time to show I've, it off. Like, you got to imagine, right? Like, uh, Xbox is how many months, you know, eight months-ish into their next console generation? I think it really it really depends what they're, they're doing. Because last year it was, and all of these games are coming to Game Pass yeah. next year. So if they do that thing again, it's unlikely that's going to happen. Because I don't think I don't think they should, though. I, I feel like the they're going to want to talk about the next five years of Xbox. So that you're like... I'm buying this because I want to play Halo this year. I want to play Starfield next year, but I also want to play Fable a few years from now. I also want to play the that game from Bethesda or not Bethesda, um, uh, 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 Obsidian. Like there, Obsidian? there are all these other games that like I feel like they're gonna want to start wetting our appetite for and letting us know like, hey, we've got stuff coming in the next couple of years. Like you want to be here? Okay, fair enough. Right, I've got a toss-up between two, and I'll tell you okay. what they both are, and maybe we can pick between the two of us. So I've got Ubisoft will reveal a brand new IP, because I think it's been a long time since we've seen anything. And I'm not, like, the last one they revealed, Skull and Bones, Still hasn't come happen. out. I think they uh, said they were going to talk four, about it, though, this year, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to, though. Uh, then Tomb, or Tomb Raider will be reported to Nintendo Switch. Hmm. I'm going to go okay. with Tomb Raider. And that's any of the Tomb Raiders. So if it's Rise, the modern Shadow, Tomb Raiders. or the first one, though one of those three, any of the Tomb Raider trilogy, like the latest one, will be ported to Nintendo Switch. I could see that. It's the anniversary. Yeah. And, they're all, and one of them already runs on the shield. Okay, so that's your nine. Next is the risky pick. I oh, know, and it's really risky. Okay. It's stupid. Mine's That's pretty pretty is. bad too. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Um, I wonder if it's the same. I hope not. <laughs> then I'm gonna have to come up with something else. Um, okay. Last one. Last one. Last legit one. What about something that squares? Yeah, I've got square. Squares, right? uh, the oh, Final, Fantasy Final Fantasy 16, yeah. yeah. Okay. What about Capcom? You know what? Actually, I do have another one for Square. Um, I think we'll get a, uh extended look at the new Life is Strange. They've been... No, you can't have that because they've already said Fuck. that. Fuck! Ah, damn it! They said, here's a tantalizingly vague list of what you can expect to see. A deep dive on Life is Strange and a first look at the remaster collection. Damn it. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I don't know what Babylon's Fall is. Hmm. Oh, that PS5 game. Oh, Platinum's. Okay. Damn. Okay. So I can't, I can't do Life is Strange. I don't like have anything for Capcom. <laughs> I really don't. Oh, I mean, I feel like they do like three games. You know what? Like... I do have something for Capcom. Uh I bet that we will see the announcement of um, maybe not like DLC, but new content coming to Monster Hunter Rise. Okay. Game was super popular. And is that announced? Is that announced at Capcom's? Could be either or. Or are we saying? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. really matter. Okay, so we're not yeah, saying. Yeah, I don't matter. think it does. 
We're not getting specific nah, on that one? I don't okay. think so. Because I could also see it being at both. Because you always get those double dips at E3, where it's like, ah, we saw this yesterday. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, but you get like maybe like a different angle, or it's like, hey, like at this one, we're going to say the Rathalos is coming, but at this one, we're going to say that the blue Rathalos mm-hmm. is coming. You can see how many species of Monster Hunter monsters that I know off the top of my head. Um, okay, so that is our nine. Are you ready for your risky pick, Steve? Okay. I am. Mario Kart 9 will be <sighs> That announced. is not mine, and I'm really glad that that's the one that you said. Okay. <laughs> so for Steve, we have Risky Pick, Mario Kart 9. I'm not even going to... And, and I think we can agree that it's risky, right? Yeah. I think that's super risky. Um, And not, not outside the realm of possibility risky, but very risky, which is exactly where you want to be, I think, for a risky pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that you'll agree on my uh, risky pick that it exists in that same area. I think it's really fucking bold, but we'll see. I think that we will get our first look, our first tease, our first announcement of the rumored Donkey Kong project. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I don't necessarily think that's as risky as mine because it's been rumored like crazy. You know, no one's mentioned Mario Kart 9 and it's the best-selling game on Switch. So why would they make another one? <laughs> I mean, look, I know it's been rumored. I still think it's risky. I don't I don't know that they're ready to talk about it yet, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one that I definitely didn't feel confident as a regular one. But if, if it is and I get the points for it, then uh, that sounds great. I feel like the confirmation of the Metro Prime trilogy is more risky. Than I know. Prime that's Prime a risky Metro. one. <laughs> All right. So let's go through our, our picks one more time and then we'll, we'll call it a day here. So for me, I've got the first trailer for Final Fantasy 16 will be revealed at the Square Enix Present show. New Smash Fighter revealed at the Direct. Uh, first proper look at Starfield with a 2022 release window. Second look at Halo Infinite with a vague release window. Nintendo to reveal more Zelda ports. No deep dive on Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, we'll see more of Splatoon 3. Confirmation on the existence of Metroid Prime Trilogy. Uh, an update on Fable. Uh, new content coming to Monster Hunter Rise. And then my risky pick is the first mention of the rumored Donkey Kong project. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, we've got we will see the announcement of the next Bioshock at Take Two events. A new Smash Fighter will be shadow dropped. Phil Spencer will be at the Nintendo Treehouse. The release date for Flight Sim for Xbox will be announced. A game will be announced with some imminent controversy around it. Capcom will reveal a new Mega Man game. A Nintendo representative will appear at another E3 event. The next XCOM will be revealed at Take 2, but it won't be the Marvel XCOM. Uh, Modern Tomb Raider will be ported to Nintendo Switch. And my risky pick is Mario Kart 9. Will be and just so we remember what's at stake here, <clears throat> the loser will have to play the trilogy of the winner's choice. For me, that will be the Hitman trilogy, Hitman 1, 2, and 3. For Steve, it will be the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. That's Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. I feel like this, you know, you really want to play Hitman anyway, unfortunately. Yeah. So maybe I'll need to come up with another trilogy for you to play. I mean, we'll no, you just agreed to it. You have to decide right now. I know, it's fine. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Hitman works. I mean, you it's can fine. say Tomb Raider if you want. No, Hitman. Okay, Hitman's better. great. Well, then it's Hitman. I don't know why you're fighting me tooth and nail. You'll like Mass Effect if you just play it. 
I know I will. I know. Like, I love games with good stories. I don't want to play a game with a good story. Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, you know, I feel pretty good about this. I feel pretty good about this list. I think there's a really good chance almost none of it happens. I think there's a really good chance almost all of it happens, which that's exactly where you want to be. At least on yours anyway, mine's like, oh, God. I feel like I should get two points for all of mine. Oh, some of yours are really fucking obvious. If they if they announce a new Mega Man game, that's like such a freebie. Like, especially because you said a Mega Man <laughs> yeah, okay. game. It's not even like you said the next Mega Man. Like if they announced a Mega Man port, if they announce a fucking mobile game, whatever, they could make Mega Man p- yeah, Pachinko yeah, Machine. Okay. You yeah. still fucking get it. Like, so that's that one's easy. You have a few that I think are, are uh, okay. really... Well, the flight sim. Flight sim's a fucking person. lock. I think that's a great prediction. But I think a bu- like the some of them I think are really risky. Like Bioshock is risky. The Smash Fighter being shadow dropped is risky. Um, I think Phil Spencer making an appearance is risky. I think Controversy's a lock. I think Capcom one's a lock. I think the Nintendo rep at another E3 event, that sounds like pretty likely. I think that could be good. Um, and the reason I said another E3 event, I couldn't make up my mind as to whether it was going to be an Xbox or a Ubisoft because they had M- Miyamoto there before for the M- Mario Rabbids. Yo, so can we get a Mario Rabbids, Mario Rabbids Please. That game's so mm. good. Could that count as the new XCOM game? I feel like that should count. It's like Mario XCOM. Mm, no, no, I don't <laughs> think so. The thing is, if the Marvel thing hadn't already been like confirmed... Like, then I would be like, yeah, that counts. I didn't know it had been confirmed, yeah. to be honest. I think it's like, it's like to right. the bank confirmed that that's coming. All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see. In two weeks' time, we'll we'll come back and we'll recap. But I know we'll all be watching with bated breath next yeah. week um, and and ticking these off. So, like, follow us over on Twitter if if you're interested in following us. And then check in at the Discord. I'm sure everyone will be tracking the predictions yeah we'll be doing some um we'll definitely be doing some extra e3 content we're still trying to figure it out just because most of the events are like during our work so um we're not totally Mm. sure how we're gonna make all that play out but we will have an update for you on social media and on the discord and everything so if you want to keep up um with us uh go follow us on on twitter at lupots follow me and steve individually at loud underscore pete and at steve 228 uk um I got it, nailed it. You got it right. And uh, keep up with us there, and we will let you know like what we're what we're planning on doing. Because I think it's probably going to be a mix of like extra podcast episodes, maybe a watch along here or there. So we're still nailing out, hammering out the details um, today and and tomorrow actually. So we'll have an update for you uh, as soon as you can, and you'll be able to know where we're going to be keeping up with everything. Um, but either way, we'll be covering all the events. So uh, if you want to hear our thoughts on E three, they will be available. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of the Pots Cast. Uh, of course, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. And, uh, you know, if you want to get some more stuff from us, go to the Twitch channel, go to the YouTube, give it a subscribe, give it a like, share it with a friend. Um, write in. 
with your predictions for E3 and what you want to see. Um, what are the biggest announcements that you're hoping to see come through? I would love uh, for our kind of E3 recap when we do go through these and everything. Like, I'd love to have some stuff from you, the listeners. So if there are like, you know, you, your predictions, the things you want to see, but also if like you start watching the events and it's like, oh, your hypest announcements, the biggest moments, like right in. We want to hear what, what were the things that got you really jazzed. And, um, you know, we'll talk about them then. So with that, thank you for joining us on another episode of the podcast. We'll catch you next week, babies. Stay safe, stay sane, and have a happy healthy E3.